We're glad you could join us today for the Concepts of Faith broadcast. This program is dedicated to teach you how to put the Word of God to work so that it will make a positive difference in the everyday circumstances of your life. And now, here's Charles Caps. And here in this prayer, in Ephesians, the third chapter, verse 17, says that Christ may dwell in your heart by faith, and that ye, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height, and to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge, that ye might be filled with the fullness of God. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. That power is his word. According to the word that works in you. We can't believe any further than we have knowledge of the word. You just simply can't believe something that you don't have knowledge of. But he says to be filled with the fullness of God. Now we talked about it in the other session where Paul said, you're the temple of the living God. And as God said, I will live in them and walk in them. God wants the body of Christ to be filled with the fullness of God. And then he goes on and says, Unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. In other words, this covenant that God has established between himself and Jesus will last forever. We have a new covenant established on better promises. Thank God Jesus is the guarantee that it'll work. He is the surety of the new covenant. That means the guarantee that it'll work. And thank God it'll work. Now, we're there in Ephesians. Let's just go on into the fourth chapter here and start with verse 4. There is one body, one spirit, even as you are called, and one hope of your calling. There is one body, one body of Christ, one spirit, which is the spirit of God, even as ye are called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. Now, the one baptism he's referring to here is being baptized into Christ. There are seven baptisms mentioned in the Bible. Now, sometimes people want to argue about this and say, well, there's only one baptism. And Paul is simply referring to one here. There are seven baptisms mentioned in the Bible. But he's talking about being baptized into the body of Christ. One God, one Father of all, who is above all, through all, and in you all. Now, there's always somebody trying to make a doctrine out of one verse of Scripture or two verses of Scripture. You know, there's two Pentecostal preachers arguing one day or discussing the Bible. And one of them, he believed that there's only one. God is one and Jesus is the name of God. You know, you've heard that oneness doctrine. And this other Pentecostal preacher said, well, now let me ask you something. He said, if there's just one, who was that standing at the left hand of Jesus? Because Stephen saw Jesus standing at the right hand of the Father. And he thought for a minute and he said, well, he said, if you'd been hitting the head with rocks, you'd be seeing double too. (laughs) But no, it's very evident that there are three in one. I in them and thou in me and Jesus in God and God in Jesus. You know, it didn't take a whole lot to understand that if Jesus died and there's only one and Jesus was God and there was only one and God raised him from the dead, how's God going to raise God from the dead when God is dead? 
I mean, that just won't hold water, but we're not going to split hairs over that. (laughs) But uh, we know that the Bible says that God raised Jesus from the dead. Well, while we're there, let's state another little bit of evidence. When Jesus was saying on the cross, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Is he saying myself, myself, why have I forsaken myself? I don't believe so. We better get off of that. We're going to meddle in here. Verse 7, But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Now, there's a whole sermon right there. To every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Now, that's quite a measure. How would you measure the gift of Christ? I mean, he's all in all. But there is given to every one according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Wherefore he saith, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Now that he ascended, what is it but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth? Now I know that this is quite controversial in some circles, but we might as well say it because it bears it out in the word of God that Jesus went to hell. There's no doubt about it. He went to the place of the departed, wicked, dead. David tapped into it and said, Thou shalt not leave my soul in hell. And there's all kinds of evidence that that's exactly what happened. Because he had to suffer the penalty for man's sin. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. Now, it's spiritual death And man was spiritually dead. So then there had to be a spiritual sacrifice offered. And the Bible says that Jesus, through the eternal spirit, offered himself. And he cried out and said, Father, into thy hands I commit my spirit. Now here again we run into a crossroad, but I must say some of this because you get over there in Leviticus, and you see the type. You see, if you didn't find it in the type in the Old Testament, you could say, well, Jesus did not die spiritually. But man was spiritually dead, and there had to be the penalty for it, and the wages of sin is death. Now, the wages of sin is not physical death. It is spiritual death. Jesus had to die spiritually to redeem spiritually dead men. Paul said... In 2 Corinthians 5, 21, For he who knew no sin was made to be sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. He became sin. The very fact that the serpent on the pole represents Jesus is that he became sin. Now, you know, there's people that will argue with you, and they've had some of them to say, Well, you're just saying that Jesus sinned. No, no, Jesus did not sin. He was the Son of God. But if you get over into Leviticus and read the 6th chapter and I believe the 16th chapter of Leviticus, it talks about the two goats that represent Jesus. The two goats, the scapegoat and the sin offering, is a type of Jesus. And when you read Isaiah, the 53rd chapter, you find out that it says that he died deaths. Two, not one. One goat in Leviticus was brought in for the sin offering and was killed. But then the priest that offered the sacrifice laid both of his hands upon the live goat that was called the scapegoat. 
and confessed all the sins of Israel upon that goat. Now, I see people say, well, Jesus couldn't have become sin because sin is a personal disobedience. But no, he received sin. So here you see the type in the Old Testament where the, the priest that offered the sacrifice after the first goat was killed, he went out and laid his hands on the second goat and confessed all the sins. He put the sins on that goat. And then that goat was released into the wilderness, into a place of separation or a place not fit for habitation. And that's what death is, is separation. It's a type of Jesus bearing our sins away from us as far as the east is from the west. And he had to bear it. Well, when Jesus hung on the cross and he cried out and said, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Jesus was looking into and speaking of what was about to take place. Now, I've taught this two different ways. But when I first started teaching it, I taught it like everybody else taught it. That that's when Jesus died, spiritually there. But if you notice, Jesus, after that, said, Father, into thy hands I commit my spirit. Now, here's what I want you to see. In Leviticus, it says that the priest laid both hands upon the goat. This is the only place that it mentions him using both hands. And Jesus said, Father, into thy hands I commit my spirit. So this is where, after Jesus died, he committed his spirit unto God. And God laid all the sins and iniquities of us all upon Jesus. He's the only one that could do it. He was the one that offered the sacrifice. You remember what Abraham said? He said, God will provide himself a lamb. That's exactly what he did. His son. So the scapegoat is no doubt a type of Jesus bearing our sins away. After the first goat is already dead, Jesus bore our sins. He made a decision to bear them. And he died physically. Then he died spiritually. And God raised him from the dead. Over in Hebrews, the second chapter, he says, he tasted death for every man. Now I ask you, did Jesus taste physical death for every man? If he did, then no man would have to die physically. But he didn't taste physical death for every man. He tasted spiritual death for every man. I'm sure it's quite controversial with some people, but I'm going to mention this here that if you have any questions about what we've talked about, order the book, Authority in Three Worlds, because we don't have time right here to go into the whole detail, but it will prove beyond a shadow of a doubt that these things are true and that Jesus bore our sins. He became sin. He did not sin, but he became sin. Now, let's get back in Ephesians, the fourth chapter where it says that Jesus, now that he ascended, what is it, but he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth. He that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens, that he might fill all things. Now before I leave the broadcast today, I want to remind you that our book offer this week is book offer number 7504. It's called Your Spiritual Authority, 180-page paperback. It's $11 plus $4 postage and handling. That's a total of $15. Now, here are some of the chapter titles in this book. Chapter 1 is Man Under Authority. You need to understand you're under the authority of God, but you have dominion through the Word of God, speaking the Word of God in faith. 
Number two is in his image. You're created in the image of God. Chapter three, dominion through words. Chapter four, keys to understanding the Bible. Now, if you don't understand the first three chapters of Genesis, you're not going to operate in the great faith the Bible talks about in ever-increasing faith. The key is understanding the keys to the Bible. Number five is Noah's covenant. Number six is Abraham's covenant. Now, it's important to understand that God made covenants with man. And he did that because man was here on earth to have dominion over this planet. And if you don't understand that dominion, you're not going to take dominion over situations and circumstances. Then we talk about the authority of the body, how your body gives you authority on this planet. Get out and vote. You have authority on this planet. Your body gives you authority. So don't miss it. Get out and vote. Chapter 8 is the authority of the body. Chapter 9 is the authority of Jesus. And if you don't understand the authority of Jesus, you'll never understand his ministry. He was a man. He was born on this planet. He had a physical flesh, blood, and bone body. And he had that body because he had to have a physical body to have authority on this planet. That's book offer number 7504. It's called Your Spiritual Authority. 180-page paperback for $11 plus $4 postage and handling. That's a total of $15. We have a toll-free order line, 1-877-396-9400, 1-877-396-9400. Until tomorrow, this is Charles Caps reminding you that the enemy is defeated, God is exalted, and Jesus is coming soon. To order the product offered today, call 1-877-396-9400 or write Charles Caps. P.O. Box 69, England, Arkansas, 72046. A complete list of CDs, books, and DVDs are available online at charlescaps.com. Through the website, you can listen to this radio program again and subscribe to our podcast. This broadcast is sponsored by Charles Caps Ministries and our listeners in this area.